pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us, that we may hear you speaking to us still in these ancient words. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12, 17. Listen now for God's word to you. As God's chosen people, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with one's compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through the Father, through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. who do not know me, my name is Joe Hicks. I'm a member of the Shandon Youth, and I'm glad you are here today. In our scripture reading today, Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, really stands out. It says, Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. This means we need each other to overcome our weaknesses. We all have weaknesses, and with others we can make up for each other's shortcomings. In the words of film director Henry Gilroy, Embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. In the midst of the pandemic, I was unable to see most of my friends. As we slowly went back to the school building, most of my friends decided to stay virtual. I only saw one friend at school, and every day before school, we would play Smash and the, uh, play Super Smash Brothers, our favorite video game. We would also uh, meet during lunch and play as well. Um, through him, I made many more friends of several backgrounds, um, some Greek, some Asian, some Hispanic, some that played video games like me, some that love playing music, some that love learning. After school, we would walk across the street to Pelican's Snowballs, where we were picked up. Most days, we would hang out until our rides came, and after a rough day, we would all enjoy Pelican's. We shared our struggles, our moments of joy, and our excitements with each other. Putting aside our differences, we became a group. Like this friend group, we, as a community, need to come together. No matter what others believe, what interests them, or where they come from, we can always find a common ground to appreciate our differences and learn to trust their judgment. Again, in the words of Henry Gilroy, to trust is to believe, and to believe is to love. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. The strongest of bonds are formed in groups. And our youth group has some of the strongest bonds and friendships I know. We all have each other's backs, even when we aren't there, even when we're apart. My twin, John, is at the Governor's School for Arts and Humanities in Greenville. My youth group friends are scattered around at various colleges, such as the University of South Carolina and High Point, um, as well as many schools like Hand, Dreer, Ben Lippin, Cardinal Newman, and the Governor's School for Science and Math. Every once in a while, we come together to recall the good times, memories made along the way as a group or just a few of us. When we are together, we share, we laugh, and we celebrate. Our Montreat uh, worship and music memories are even more special to me. We are surrounded by family, and we all have great times, from rock hopping to playing cards, 
to just relaxing and talking about our days. In the middle of the week, arguments always arise. Sometimes the smallest of issues can break the strongest of bonds. It is always something petty. A little prank, a sibling rivalry, a rumor, or an opinion. Some of us are really opinionated. Um, we are completely fractured. But by the end of the week, we would solve our squabbles and our differing opinions. Kind of like the Japanese art of kintsugi. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's when you take a, piece of br a broken piece of pottery and repair it using precious metals as a bonding agent. Our friendships were damaged, but they would always be repaired at the end of the week. And our friendships are even more beautiful now than they ever were. And as the film director Henry Gilroy stated, embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. To prove our differences make us a little bit better, I'm going to ask you a few questions. If you answer yes, please raise your hand. How many of you have enjoyed a potluck Easter meal here? Okay. Who prepared a meat dish for the potlucks? Um, has anyone brought a bread for the potlucks? And um, who enjoyed the veggie, vegetables? That one was not me. <laughs> um, and who prepared a dessert or brought a dessert? Okay. So there are differences between our answers. But when we put all of those together, we had a grand, delicious feast. We came together as one and put our differences aside. We don't need to know everything to know we are different, but we still come together. With this having been said, I ask you, the people here today and online, how can our differences make us stronger? Um, I've just realized that the human brain starts working the moment you were born and never stops until you stand to speak in public. So, <laughs> so um, according to the dictionary, a setback is a reversal or a check in progress, um, which to me means there has been something or someone that has caused you to drift off your path of success. So when Jackson said we could talk about a setback, I took a pause. In my freshman year in high school, I had a group of people that I thought were my friends. Um, and I thought that they cared about me. And I thought that they noticed me, but they didn't. I was stressing myself out every single day in hopes that they would notice me. And it got to the point where I was ignoring my true friends. I wasn't paying attention in class because I was worried if they would forget me, or if they wouldn't talk to me at lunch, or if they would say hi to me in the hall. As Lily Maine said, sometimes you don't realize you're drowning when you're trying to be someone else's anchor. I was trying to fit in, and in doing so, I was drowning my true self. In 10th grade, I had an opportunity to get involved with Youth Corps. Youth Corps is a leadership group for 9th and 10th graders across the, mis the, mid the Midlands. This group pushes you outside your comfort zone and places you with other students you don't know. I learned quickly that leadership is about what you can do for others. This organization is considered a safe zone. There is no negativity or judgment allowed, only support and kindness. I realized how important it was to be kind and supportive, and this turned my thinking and my attitude around. When we look at why we're here, it is because we have a mission to live like God, to reveal God's character and nature, and to provide for what God has made. It is very evident God wants us to experience incredible and life-changing love, mercy, and compassion, not only from him, but from those around us. And he wants us to show love to others. And I would like to share a little bit of a story. Um, I read this post about a father and a son who were beekeepers, and the father took the lid off of a five-gallon bucket full of honey and to show his son. 
There are three bees struggling covered in sticky honey and drowning. They decided to remove the bees from the honey and place them in an empty container and sat them on the side for their fate. Later that day, they went to check on the bees and they were surrounded by a swarm of other bees cleaning the sticky, nearly dead bees to get all the honey off their bodies. A short while later, they came back to check again and there was only one bee left. When the beekeepers returned one last time, all three of the bees had been cleaned off enough to fly away. Those bees be lived because they were surrounded by family and friends who refused to let them drown in the sticky honey and chose to help until the last bee could be set free. I think this story relates to the book of Colossians, verse 12, which says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness. To me, this passage means that forgiving others is what God wants us to do. Forgiving others helps us develop empathy and the ability to connect with people in difficult times. It's important for us to forgive, and it makes us happier. When our life is grudge-free, that is when we are living a life full of joy and spirit. For us to live fully and follow Christ, we need to understand our purpose and why we are put on this earth. We need to love each other, and we need to care for each other. As Pope Francis said, following Jesus means taking up one's cross to accompany him on his path, an uncomfortable path that is not one of success or earthly glory, but which leads to true freedom, true freedom from selfishness and sin. Many of you here in these pews today have been bees to most of our youth, and I thank you. A kind word of encouragement, a smile, and a warm greeting have helped us all in many times. I know it has helped me. Thank you, Shandon, for being our bees, and I hope to carry the love and kindness you have shown me as I head to college and beyond. I had a very specific prayer of confession when I was little. As I sat in my smock dress with a big bow in my hair, tiny hands pressed together like glue, I'd whisper to myself, Dear God, please tell me what I did wrong because all of these people are asking for forgiveness, but I'm really good. <laughs> so could you please tell me what I have sinned and what that is? Then, just as quick as my fervent prayer had begun, it ended, and I'd hop off to extended care. All my life, I've struggled with perfectionism, the crippling kind that left me memorizing full pages of notes by heart in sixth grade so I could write them in the margins of my test word for word, ensuring that I'd never miss a question. My whole life looked like a continuation of my childhood confession prayer, a plea to not mess up, to stay good, and win a gold sticker at the end of it all. If I did everything in my power to be good, then I'd be happy, I'd be loved, I'd be perfect. Well. High school scoffed at this claim and slapped me in the face. Whenever I didn't get an invitation or I missed out on an event, I always smugly told myself, one day I'm going to be so successful that they will ask me to come speak at their children's school and I will say no. <laughs> Very quickly, however, this idea became lonely. My death grip on perfection, or at least my idea of it, loosened not by choice, but by a need to keep existing. Earlier this year, someone shared a poem with me that changed all of this. Not in an immediate lightning strike sort of way, but slowly, like waves washing over me. The poem, Wild Geese, by Mary Oliver, begins like this. You do not have to be good. 
You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. It calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and, an, and over, announcing your place in the family of things. When I first heard it, I cried actual tears. I'd been missing the point for 17 years, the 17 years I'd lived so far. God did not need me to be good, to be perfect, to beat my brother, to do the right thing, and neither did the people around me, the ones I loved so much. My calling in this life was not what I had defined it, to win, to get 100s on assessments. Jesus did not die on the cross for us to be sinless, but for us to try and fail and get back up, dust ourselves off, and try again at love in this big, chaotic, confusing world. In the scripture reading today, verse 14 reads, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. God does not call us to be perfect. God calls us to love one another, to love God, and to love ourselves. This love is a perfect harmony, not despite our mistakes and imperfections, but because of them. The congregation at Shandon has clothed me with love every day, a community of people that are committed to supporting one another ceaselessly in the name of God. I've grown up in the arms of this church, sitting on my dad's lap during the children's sermon, eating far too many Milano cookies while my brother and I waited impatiently for my parents to stop talking after church, <laughs> playing games in the, in the gym before Bible study with Miss Deborah, acolyting, tripping over my thick red robes, performing in the Christmas pageant as an angel, camel, wise woman, shepherd, star, and Mary, <laughs> laughing over a competitive game of capture the flag with my friends at youth group. The most beautiful, the most important parts of my life were not the things I'd won or the grades I'd earned, but the small experiences that fostered a community of love, which is the goal when God calls us like wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over. I felt this call at Montreat, surrounded by my closest friends in epic card games, serious conversations, passionate worship songs, and beautiful hikes. The Trinity announces our place in the family of things, not based on what we do, but based on how we love. Shannon has taught me an active, radical love, the kind that delights in the soft animal of my body, the infectious kind, the life-changing kind. So today, if you asked me what my prayer of confession was, I would not give you a laundry list of everything I've screwed up this week. Instead, I'd fill the space with my spaces of love, trust, and growth in the family of things that is this church that all of you have helped me create.